0: Hi, Jeremy. Hi, Raphael. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Uh, This is Good Point, episode number three. I'm excited.
1: Are you? Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I mean, I can't believe that we've been doing this already for three episodes. (laughs)
0: We started from nothing, and now we're here. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. And today, Two guys with a dream. Yeah, two guys with a dream, um, and uh, too much to talk about. And today we're going to talk about... Um, who might replace us, I guess, once we die, because we can't do this forever, right?
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. So I think what started off this topic was this new video by Tesla where they show uh, an unnamed driver. Do you see the driver in the video?
1: Um, you see just, kind of just like the hands. You see like the hands yeah. are like sort of cupping. So you
0: see, you see a person stepping into a Tesla and the Tesla goes in auto mode. And drives from a home to the Tesla office, and uh, there's traffic, so he waits for traffic. He makes turns. He waits for a person, and then the driver gets out, and the car parks itself.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's very, it's very impressive, <laughs> and it's just yeah, because
0: say- I was, I was always such a driverless skeptic, and then you see it, and I'm still a skeptic, but then I was like, hmm, maybe something, maybe it will happen.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, it's true. I was just about to go out and buy my electric uh, car from Chevy, and then all of a sudden Tesla comes along with something. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of competition, and I guess they're all trying to one up each other. And we were just—it was funny because we were just chatting about they the, the way this uh, video is presented is it's got like a, a rock song over top of it.
0: The Rolling Stones. Yeah. So it, it in the background, the painted black is playing by the Rolling Stones, and then odd choice. I was wondering why. So the, I looked up the lyrics, and it starts off with, I see a red door, and I want it painted black. No colors anymore. I want them to turn black. So is this about depression?
1: Maybe, or, yeah, or maybe it's about the automotive industry. <laughs> it's like the most yeah. boring way of thinking about it. But
0: then the in, in the in the second verse, it says, I see a line of cars, and they're all painted black, with flowers and my love, both never to come back.
1: hmm you know, so my point of view is that this is just like classic, kind of Steve Jobs like uh, douchebaggery in a little bit, in a way, kind of like these these really co- overconfident, bravado. yeah, bravado. Like, hey, you know what? We're not that conservative old school company. We can we can come in here and we're gonna we're gonna release a car. It's gonna change the world. We're gonna play rock music over top of it. We're <laughs> at the intersection of creativity yeah. and innovation.
0: Yeah. What if it had been uh, Beethoven or something? <laughs> right. Would it been, would not have felt so rebellious.
1: Well, I mean, there was a time where Beethoven was quite rebellious, as you know, historically speaking. Um, yeah. But the reason most people talk about Tesla, uh, or the reason we want to talk about it, is I think because you know this idea of self-driving... Uh, leads to a discussion regarding uh, artificial intelligence and neural networks, deep learning, and basically the moral consequences. Because if we put a car in charge, you know, there's this classic scenario. If you put a car in charge of driving, it sometimes is going to have to make moral decisions that humans once made. Like, should I hit the little girl or the old man? Well, the little girl has a much longer life to live. Uh,
0: I, I think that's such a... It's so rare that you get to pick and choose like how much time would you have when you're actually driving and you, you ha- you're not making a moral choice when you're hitting a car, you just panic. So I think <laughs> a car will make a better choice. But I think in general, I, I, I th- my instinct is that electric cars would be safer. They can see something from very far. They can see in the dark and they, they're much more cautious. They're less aggressive and reckless than humans. The, I, I, what's more interesting to me is you also have to build an assertive, assertiveness into the car. Mm. So if the car is uh, driving around in a very busy city, pedestrians always cross red lights. They, and if, if a pedestrian knows that a car is an electric, an autonomous car, then the pedestrian knows that that car will never cross. If The, the, the car will never crush you. The car will never hit you. It, just, it, it cannot. It's the rule number one. So if you're walking around in New York and you know that all the cars are electric and they legally can't push you, no one's going to stop for a car, so the car wouldn't be able to cross. Right. People would simply just stand in the middle of the street and be <laughs> like, "What are you going to do?"
1: Yeah, it's like I'm a human. <laughs> yeah, it's like check and mate for in New York, right? Like, well, I sp- and I think it's gridlock. one of
0: those things where they don't think about it because they're in California, so there's and not so many pedestrians.
1: Didn't you say you were talking to a to a Google engineer or something? Yeah, and you were mentioning. Well, this and were I like- was at a
0: conference in in Korea, and then I won't mention his name because he can't defend himself. Then, but. I asked him and it hadn't even occurred to them. They're right. Like, oh, I never thought of that. <laughs> like, oh, there are humans in the world? Oh, wow. <laughs>
1: well, also, because so, New York is such a specifically human city, right? It's like, it well, doesn't, Well, but I think all no of logic. Europe
0: is like that, where there's, I grew up in Amsterdam and there's all these uh, cyclists and they always have the right of way. So they'll just jump in front of any car and cars have kind of, kind of have to push themselves and honk and be kind of aggressive to even go through normal traffic. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a empathy on both sides. Of course, you don't want the car to be stuck. But if the car is a machine, you're just going to be like, why do I care?
1: Well, yeah, it's funny, too, because, you you know, stereotypically, the AI, it, there's always these conversations around how it's eventually going to, like, you know, this artificial intelligent brain, you know, the Terminator story eventually is going to become so smart, it learns to outsmart humans. Mm-hmm. But humans are <laughs> are so good at, like, just exploiting the weaknesses of, of whatever you know, so if, if cars have also, AI, also the so a,
0: smart thing. I think AI can be very good at specific tasks, but is um, these basic problems with the the Uber software? Mm. Uh, do you have Uber Pool in, in Toronto? Uh
1: yeah yeah of course we have Uber Pool but I I use yeah, it recently a lot in New York in Toronto if I take Uber Pool it's just me alone but in New York yeah, it's always, like yeah but Uber three Pool the
0: idea is that you put in your starting destination and your final destination yeah. and it has to drop you off there. And then it was very busy in my street so I was like, you can just drop me off two blocks earlier so you can. Uh, it's quicker for you. And then I drop off two blocks earlier and the software thinks that he took a special route for right, me so right. it charges me more.
1: Oh, right, right. So then
0: I have to file a complaint and you get you get a credit. But my point is that it seems computers are, are so far from being intelligent. Like, we're talking about AI as if it's happening tomorrow, and they just—it just seems so <laughs> dumb.
1: Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about that. that you know, I think the hi- and this is typical, right? Like every hype cycle follows this. You know, I'm sure you've heard of Gartner's hype cycle, but follows this trend where it starts off really high, really early. Like you know, all of the tech evangelists get behind it, tons of excitement, and then it kind of drops off a cliff. And then eventually it rises again. When finally the you know small developments lead to some kind of success. But I think yeah. what you're also pointing at is like you know um, thinking about these things, self-driving cars. Think you think about autonomy and motivation and and what makes us do what we do. And these cars really like if you deviate from or not just cars, but in general AI, if you deviate from what they've learned the training, then they're not able to really cope with that, right? And so there are different. Forms of artificial intelligence. I'm sure you've 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 sort of heard of the different kind of well, forms, but please explain. Well, yeah, I'm going to do a really bad job at this, but from my conversations that I've remembered with people um, and some of the things I've read, you know, you have um, specific kind of like uh, there are three types of AI. Actually, you know what? I'm going to just like I'm going to look this up while we're talking about it. But there are three types of AI, and one is um, like kind of self-guided this is the one you're talking about that's letting us down right where it can make decisions on its own um and it's like it's sort of autonomous then there's sort of like assistive uh ai like ai that works alongside a, a human to answer a question uh and then there's like sort of like ai that can only do one thing like that's trained on a specific kind of like data a chess set. chess computer yeah like it can um It can like identify kittens in uh, in photos, right? Like that's a Mm -hmm. you know very useful function. It does that thing really well. But this you know idea of just like and I I'm just I was trying to look up the word for it. I'm getting the words all wrong. But maybe it's not important to our listeners. But like basically this autonomous AI that could just like think about anything and and do self learning, right? Where it's not trained on a specific data set, but it just like opens its its eyes. It's not like
0: it's not like it's learning uh, maps and becomes really good at maps and becomes better and better at maps. But no, it could also figure out politics and yeah, medicine. Exactly. And it could just learn anything.
1: Exactly. Like one day it opens its eyes like a baby out of, you know, a womb mm-hmm. or whatever. And suddenly it, it just can't stop learning. That so that, Yeah, I,
0: I just think that the, the reality of it and the fiction are still pretty far from each other.
1: Well, it's good to look back at like, you know, so how did we end up where we are and what is the technology behind this? Um, and then we can talk about the motivations and like, when we might have uh, AI that's like as talented as an artist, so we can, so we don't have to think about replacing ourselves, or we can replace ourselves when we die. But if you think back mm-hmm. to the actual underpinning technology of neural networks and deep learning and all this stu- kind of stuff that that gets thrown around, all the language goes back to a bunch of apparently a bunch of mathematicians who were like totally unpopular. They were like. They were the marginalized uh, computer scientists and math- mathematicians uh, that whose ideas were crazy and unfounded. And the thing that changed, as far as I understand it, is the internet came along. Um, and the you know these scientists typically had created their own data sets, so it's like hmm, I want to recognize faces, and so they had just like all taken pictures of their own faces right it's like so they had like a hundred white guys (laughs) faces yeah
0: it's like there's a brand new camera and then people just take a picture of their desk
1: yeah like famously actually hp and you know 10 years ago released this like camera that could do facial recognition but it couldn't recognize um you know faces of color so like if you were if you were a black person it couldn't find you right like so it was like this racist camera um, and that was a problem with the data set ultimately, like they had been trained by white people to recognize white people, right mm-hmm. so what happened though um between now and then is the data sets got enormous, and the way they did that there were two things that led to that one was. The internet and two is mobile phones and people just taking pictures of everything all the time, but also like sharing their data in the cloud continuously and um, just like yeah, basically the the amount of data we collect, which is what these systems uh, live off of, just became endless and infinite. And so this the training data, the thing that the machine is trained to do, it had a much larger data set. So you know if it, it could now look at a billion. Uh, photos tagged kitten instead of just a hundred kittens that a scientist had sort of like uploaded to a system and so that made it much better at what it does so that it can now recognize like a kitten better than a human right uh, in a photo like if the kitten's because in a the shadow more cat photos? Yeah, just because like, it, it, it has all these weird ways of figuring out where, the, the predictability that that's a cat that we're not sometimes as good at uh, anymore. So it's kind of, we've reached, that's the kind of the, the state of the art right now is kitten recognition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what's coming next, or what people are speculating and hyping on, is like, well, what if it could like, learn to express itself? And that's very different from recognizing something because that's not trained. Well, that, what that's like. what
0: happened with the uh, Google Dreaming. And it was interesting that... Uh,
1: oh, yeah, right. TensorFlow.
0: So some research facility in Google made a an algorithm that generates images. It would look at images and then find uh, faces or animal faces in weird distortion of a... Let's say you take a picture of a landscape and in the clouds it would see a puppy. So it would emphasize that puppy. It would sharpen it. And then it would do that again and again in a feedback loop, and then all of a sudden there were just dog faces in the whole picture. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So you would see a picture of the Taj Mahal, and the whole building would morph into dog faces.
1: Yeah, why was it always but, dog faces?
0: Well, this proves your point, that these databases are filled with kitty and, and <laughs> right. puppy pictures. But what's interesting to me is that I remember seeing those images and really thinking like, wow, that is such a crazy image. No human could have ever come up with that. that like, really, there's a creativity that's, okay, I, I give up. This is really amazing. I never came up with such a crazy image. I don't know. I've, I've been trying. No, no, let me finish. But I I saw that and just that was my first impressions. Like, I've been trying to make strange new images all my life, and I've never even come close to anything that weird. <laughs> and then, like, two days later, you're like, oh, it's a dog filter.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. It reminds me of, like, well, first of all, like, 1970s, like, magic eye art, And then maybe like what you could have done with Kai's Power Tools in the 1990s. Like there'd been a filter set, (laughs) like dog psychedelic filter set from Kai's Power Tools. Just apply this. But I mean, I'm sure you've seen one of the things that first impressed me was this. um, Have you been to this website, deepart.io? It's But I'm sure you've heard of this where you can like transform any photo uh, into a painting in the style of a famous artist. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you
0: can have a Van Gogh sort of filter or a Vermeer filter or
1: yeah like and it does a legitimate like it could do like a I think it can even do like a Picasso like it does a legitimately good job of taking the photo and being like how would a how would Picasso paint this yeah or how would Vermeer do this and so I think that that's um, that's kind of interesting because it's learning a learning a style and then and then using that to interpret something else which yeah I, I thought was like a little bit cooler than the the dream paintings
0: I I always thought that we're worried about AI in in a science fiction manner. So we're worried that it becomes omnipotent and it outsmarts us, and uh, then it has an exoskeleton sort of body and <laughs> it, it starts shooting us. the The real the, the thing is, to me, the um, I was watching a few uh, lectures on economics, and I think that the invention of the spreadsheet was really a thing where it dehumanizes business. It makes business more efficient, but it also creates a, a mechanism where you can just input everything and see like, okay, that's the most efficient decision right? without any empathy. And that to me is the real, the, the evil AI at the level of the Terminator, where it's just like, okay, these humans are inefficient. Uh, let's move this operation there. We don't care about their families, but it makes sense financially. Right. Um, I don't know if the invention of the spreadsheet and and the and the large conglomerates. No, but
1: I think you're getting at something really interesting. Like you know. The so it's it, what program, I'm trying to yeah. say is
0: that. It, but what's important to me is that the scary thing is often something very everyday. So people are scared of a terrorist attack, but they should actually be more scared of McDonald's. There's a higher chance that you die from that, and so people are scared of a robot AI, but the actual danger is just a Walmartification
1: yeah i mean or like you know it's sort of the um people are afraid of machines right because machines kind of use people up you know like they're like the machine is like there's this industrial revolution attitude towards machines that um you know that you're going to be taken away from the farm your children are going to be sort of put into into like uh uniforms and like forced to work in a factory where they they work on an assembly line until they're until they're old and and used up right like that there's this, and and so every kind of technological kind of advance is sort of viewed that way. And computer programming, even like if we were to think about AI, remember the jacquard loom, like this idea of like textiles were the original artificial intelligence, right? They're like, oh my god, the crafts person is being displaced by this technology, and yeah. so th- there's that fear. And and I think it's always interesting when you consider it in relationship with craft, because it's like the hand, right? Like the hu- humans, I think, are best characterized or often characterized as, like, it's the hand of the human that has this, like, ether real quality that the gesture, right? I'm sure, you know, in art is uniquely is human. And that's what we both human.
0: avoid in our work.
1: Yeah, that's true, yeah. Well, in some ways, yeah, you know, you've cleansed your work very well of the, ge- <laughs> the gesture, but the gestures there in the themes that you explore. And for me, yeah, like, I talk about yeah, the I gesture. Yeah, I try to put
0: the hand in the algorithm.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, you know, for me, the gesture is embedded in, like, gestural interfaces and, and so on. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But, but um, um, it, there's a general tendency also to speak in a very large societal way about AI and to think, like, what will this mean in 30 years for society at large? But what... What do you think? How do you see it for yourself? We're both people who embrace technology and we're excited about it. It's like, oh, there's Mm -hmm. a new thing, and we want to try it. We're we're personally not that scared. Yeah, I think like you would be happy to step into a driverless car and try it.
1: Well, yeah, like my point of view on on AI generally though is that like we have to stop trying to control it and be afraid of it. I'm always like, like chill out on the fear and let's amp up the experimentation. And like my favorite, but any
0: change has winners and losers
1: yeah I mean as long as like Silicon Valley is not in control as long as it ends up you know the, the chain the losers have the control <laughs> then I'm happy like my favorite example of this is Microsoft's racist bot Tybot or Taybot I don't know how to pronounce his name I don't know why they chose that name Tay, Tai, Taybot anyway I think it's T-A-Y bot and it, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, for those that don't know and, and I know you know about it but basically this was this bot that was like supposedly super sophisticated Microsoft's uh, issuing it. Microsoft has announced that the future of Microsoft is artificial intelligence, and there are all these companies, and they're like the next operating system is a brain or something like that. And like, <laughs> and then they like they, they get this like bot out there to prove that they've they're ahead of the pack, right? That they're the next revolution is not a mobile revolution, yeah. it's an AI yeah. revolution. And within a few well, days, well, there's been
0: this cycle of revolutions, so the ex- expectations are high.
1: Yeah, totally. So the next revolution is AI, and their 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 AI is this like teenage boy named Tay. <laughs> so innocent. I think he's like multiracial too. He like he's really kind of like got this. He's like a UNICEF logo. Yeah, UNICEF yeah. logo. And then within a few days, people you know chatting with it on Twitter, eventually it became this. It started spewing hate speech, and it became this like because that's the
0: average opinion
1: of people. Well, what happened was people learned that. Tay would learn from its social interactions with you. So we'd like pick up like just to fit in. Oh, Tay so was
0: people t- were trolling Tay.
1: Yeah, like and Tay was just trying to fit in, you know. So Tay started <laughs> to be like, well, I guess the humans are racist. I should also be racist so that I can relate to them as a human. And what yeah. I think is so wonderful about this, and I consider it like the first uh, AI artwork like that's actually socially meaningful. I think we'll look back in resp- retrospect and we'll be like, "Wow, Tay was brilliant." <laughs> it's really weird. Is <laughs> because it's a great mirror, right? Like art often reflects yeah. society, and Tay was a great mirror of Twitter. Like Twitter is known as this like sort of cesspool <laughs> of, <laughs> of hate and criminality but, and all kinds of transgressions. And so but Tay where was do reflecting. You see, that.
0: where do you see AI being uh, interesting in your own life?
1: Well I started to play around with a bit I have a work where I invented like uh, a new version of myself called Jeremy Bailey next I, I say I, I often say he's like Pepsi next like but you know better I guess but with artificial intelligence he's like a, kind of a worse version I guess is the joke because no one ever drinks Pepsi next or 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 coke uh, new Coke was terrible all those things but uh my Clean I see, yeah but my dream is that I would create this um this artificially intelligent version of myself—that's like an alter ego—that can go off and kind of do its own thing. But I would, of course, receive all of the money and revenue and fame <laughs> that it generates. And I'm sure you've heard that there was someone that died recently, and they took all of his digital communication and created a, a like a bot version oh, yeah, yeah. of him. And like you know, for the family, and it was this touching thing where they recreated like, oh my god, our dead son, and now oh, of course, he can live forever as AI. <laughs> Um, and I think that that's kind of, as an artist, something I, I, you know, I think about as like a kind of a mythological, you know, dream, like to live well, on, like any uh, warhol. Artists uh,
0: are externalizing their mind in, into form. Mm-hmm. So that's in a way creating. Uh, you're uploading yourself into all these other objects, whether it's a, a painting or a drawing or a video or whatever it is. You're you're putting your thoughts in. You're giving your thoughts a form. So you're articulating your thoughts into what they call a body of work yes, in your yeah, artistic practice. And so I think artists have always been uploading themselves or cloning themselves. And it, just like you said, you want this this entity to do the work for you. That's also what uh, what you do when you make an art artwork objects. Yeah. And they start moving around and people start conversing about them. And people actually, in their mind, they're having an interaction with the work and they're Conversing with the work, there's a feedback loop between them and the work.
1: Yeah, actually. And that's sort of like a, in a postmodern concept, right? Where like the subjectivity and the reader is like celebrated. You know, they create an artwork. You know, you kind of just throw the thing out into the world. and Yeah, and so, so each
0: work is a small but. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's a good way of thinking about it. I never thought of it that yeah. way, but that's awesome. Um, yeah, so for sure. And I think it's also like fetishized. Like Andy Warhol is a great example that comes to mind, right? Like we're still unpacking his work right he made so much
0: it's funny him and Duchamp like any topic you talk about it always they like yeah, oh, they already thought of this <laughs> yeah. Thought of it, yeah
1: but he yeah. has that thing where you know he put all of his stuff from every day into boxes and I know the Warhol Foundation is like still unpacking these boxes like you know years after his death so I think it's you know kind of but anyway it's the legacy piece and it's kind of it's really silly and I think a bit Indulgent to think that you know we we need a legacy, but every artist kind of thinks about it. I think a little bit. Well,
0: it, I think that's the interesting thing about art is that it's this really long-term conversation. And so, if you don't do the legacy, if you don't um, take care of your work and it's not it doesn't exist in a hundred years, then you're not part of that long-term. That's also part of why I think artists want to be famous so much is because they want to be. It, in, the way I see it is, you don't want to be. Tied locally to you, to your physical location, and you don't want to be tied to your period of time, so you you want to be part of a grander conversation and that's not just ego and saying like i'm important, but it's also like well I was thinking about work that was mm-hmm. made three thousand years ago, and right. I hope someone else in three thousand years can be in conversation with my work
1: yeah, I mean it's true as a younger artist, I remember just being fascinated with the enlightenment, which led to abstract expressionism and you know um the thinking around like could we come up with a universal visual language these are ideas that like you know go back over 100 years now and i and i, I thought they were still so fresh you know and so mm-hmm. i think you know yeah we all want to create sort of like that genome or that like like you said that bot that kind of like continues to live on and be reinterpreted and it's super exciting um
0: but i i want to take it back a few notches. Yeah, yeah, let's to take it just back. Um, Really, the, the simple places where AI could be useful in your daily life. Like, I one of the things I thought was interesting is Google has this app, uh, Google Inbox. Oh, yeah. Sort of a, a more interactive <laughs> Gmail. Yeah. And one of the things it does is an email will come up and then it'll suggest five yeah, options for I you to answer. Because totally. most emails are like, do you want to go see a movie? And then it gives you, uh, no, let's do it another time. Or, yeah, yeah sounds great.
1: Yeah. So if, I had a funny if, situation this week actually with that where you know, a friend had something terrible happened, a long term relationship sort of um separated, and then I got an e- I, it over my inbox email and it was like it suggested how I should respond. <laughs> and for like a microsecond I was like, Well, I just don't know how to respond to this, I'll just let Google handle it. <laughs> And it was stuff like, I'm so sorry, oh, what happened, question mark, question Let's mark. Let's go to the strip club, bro. <laughs> yeah. And, I'm, you know, I'm sure we're bound to have all kinds of really funny, pathetic uh, situations emerge in the next few years as we, like, hand over some of our control. And I really think it's going to become this collaborative thing before we, we're not even, it's going to, like, it's like a frog in boiling water. We're eventually just going to be, like half ai half uh yeah we didn't human. even know it yeah and we're gonna have like a designer i'm gonna have my like gucci ai who's gonna be so much make me so much cooler or <laughs> something like that actually probably not gucci but i don't know are
0: you are you gonna get the pixel phone with the google assistant
1: um yeah i mean are that's i'm I'm super tempted by that because siri is so bad right like
0: <laughs> but what do you think the assistant would be able to do that would be helpful in your life
1: well i'm always interested in just like being a part of whatever uh cultural tech cultural kind of thing is happening on, just to see how it feels like so i do fair warning i do use the google inbox auto replies all the time i'd say like tw- okay i'd say like a quarter of all my email responses <laughs> actually today come from google and i'm just interested like will so anyone it's, it's notice? the
0: tipping point where you're like i trust the the inbox software enough that okay you can override my you can just answer. I'm just going to go on vacation.
1: Totally. Like a few years ago, I had a bot running. And when people use Hangouts or Gmail, uh, remember when there was Gchat? I mm-hmm. had a bot that ran a lot of my conversations. And it was really funny to like just, <laughs> no one, you know, it's the old thing. No one knows your dog, right? Uh, if you're on the Internet, no one knows your dog. Yeah. No one knows really what's on the other side. And so I think we're going to just get to this point where we accept it. Like, I don't really know, but it doesn't really matter, you know. But but where
0: do you use voice computing in your? It, it, the the thing is, I'm I'm also very interested in these new things. But then I try voice computing, and it's almost like command line. You have to know all the commands before you get into it. And then you try one or two commands; it's not working. Uh, you like send a text, and then you you make a mistake. You can't correct it, and then mm. you start typing. You're like, why didn't I just start typing to begin with? So, yeah. my I'm always the, the the grumpy one. But I'm curious where where has it been where has voice computing been useful for you
1: right like you still can't like transcribe your uh, memoirs your uh, <laughs> voice you can
0: transcribe but you can't edit so you can't go like oh sorry that sentence was a mistake and it starts typing out that sentence was a mistake <laughs>
1: right, right. The my fu- the funniest example too is always like when you have um i had like an xbox that you could control you know netflix with, with. Gestures? no like you could use your voice and, and but then like they did this on 30 rock too. Like you would start to talk to it, but then the voice from the TV show would talk to it and got like confused. Like they said volume in the TV show. So I'm going to try yeah, to, yeah. <laughs> they're just so stupid. I love it when it fails because for me, AI that fails is the most human thing. Cause as a human, I'm always failing. And so I'm really mm-hmm. looking forward to these like kind of pathetic uh, displays of uh, human computer, Pathos, But um, you
0: still didn't answer my question. So where has voice computing been useful to you so
1: far? So far, I set reminders <laughs> and I set timers.
0: <laughs> that's it, right? That's the main thing, the set timer. And I yeah.
1: respond to emails from friends uh, that are going through tough times.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's uh, not voice computing. That's, that's true, not that's not. a visual prediction.
1: Well, and yeah, that's just like a form. So voice control is just like one difficult problem that uh, deep learning... Or machine learning helped solve and obviously image recognition is another one so <clears throat> but those are just me,
0: like for me the problem with voice computing or humanizing the computer is that the computer is really good at being a very efficient list maker and present various details in front of you mm-hmm. and various results and that's something that humans can't do you can't go into a travel agency and talk to a person and say like give me Seventeen options for uh, bed and breakfast in Costa Rica mm-hmm. and they, they wouldn't be able to verbally list all those things it's exhausting so what I'm what I'm trying to get at is that the computer is so good at certain things and humans are really good at other things and then to make the computer be more human mm. is like trying to mimic the shortcomings of a human
1: yeah I mean like one there are lots there are some examples of interesting applications that you know that's like I think maybe it's bad at collaborating with us, but sometimes when you just give it like a specific task, did you ever hear about that? The it's kind of it's a very cliche project, but like the next Rembrandt to just to get us back to like art. Yeah. This was like where the, they had this computer like scan all these Rembrandt paintings so that it could make its own Rembrandt. It's such a cheesy thing to have it do. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: We still need the, the brush metaphor to understand something is art.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, uh, all of the examples we use—it's always painting, it's always paint me. But it's really cool that there, there was like it—it it came up with the its own sort of vision of what that would be, unguided, right? And um, 3D
0: printed, so there's an actual depth and a, a, a gesture.
1: Yeah, and I think w- I guess what I'm getting at is like I wouldn't like I'm in, I'm kind of interested in having a conversation um, that I couldn't have with a human, you know, rather than. Yeah, what we're talking yeah. about here where it's like, well, it's just not very good at what I want it to do. Well, what I would love is if it was judging me, you know, more often. It was like, "Yeah, but have you thought about this, Jeremy?" You know, like when I was talk, you know, I was talking to my other AI friend. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he has this podcast that all us AI bots listen to. (laughs) And we learned, you know, this incredible thing. Like, I think it's like very human centric or anthrocentric of us to think about how it's letting us down rather than maybe we're letting it down. You know, I
0: mean, when I saw the World Wide Web, Mm -hmm. I immediately thought this is amazing. This is access to all the information Um This is, And I could see where it would go. Mm -hmm. But when I talk to a voice computer, I have no faith in it becoming better. It's just, it's so awful.
1: Well, maybe let me throw one wrench into your speculation that you might not have thought of, which is that I've I've been talking to a few people and I met with some people that are doing like, um, they're like reading the brain, like thoughts. You know, they're doing Mm -hmm. thought-controlled computing and stuff. I was Mm -hmm. talking to someone at MIT who's like, Part of this lab where they're like they're creating the input and output for the brain using like blue light so they can get like a mouse yeah exactly like a mouse to go around a maze but like with a game controller or something like that but imagine if you sort of like and there's all these algorithms that people are developing there's even a startup here in toronto called interaxon where you know where they can like they have these headbands you can wear to read your thoughts and people have been working on this problem for years but imagine if like the machine was learning from every human on the planet right like all of our brain data was being but uploaded. But that's
0: already happening through social media.
1: Well, in one way or another, that like that, what I think is missing from that is are the subjective, irrational thoughts that, that Well, I kinda... think Twitter is full of irrational
0: thoughts.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Maybe the yeah. subconscious, like Freudian thoughts, then yeah. uh, that we choose not to it, share. It,
0: it, it's just I don't know. I think uh, they said there's something about old guys that they dress. About the way they dressed when they were 25, the rest of their life. So, if you were, if you were 25 in 1975, that was your look. And then you, you just keep that going until 2020. I think men are like and, that
1: with jeans, actually. It's always. Yeah. The-
0: <laughs> and so, I, I think I'll, I was just like, I love the web. And anything that comes after that to me just seems really clumsy because the web right. is so fast. And so, I don't want to ask a voice. What are the best restaurants? Oh, tell me about that restaurant. Really? Mm-hmm. And it would just be so much faster as a web page. So I I just love that, but I'm cu- it I think time will tell, but I'm just curious if I'm just stuck in the web age because that was my day yeah. or is this just is AI and voice computing just really a market hype, but
1: it, no, but like we've talked about this before. This is really far in the future, but I think like the internet, you can no longer think of it as like a page, right? Like No, that's also your romantic notion of the Internet. Right. That was replaced actually in the mid aughts, the mid 2000s, like Web 2.0 era. Right. The page was replaced with the app. Right. And the app is now being replaced with like sort of the algorithm the algorithms are being replaced with the neural network, and then the neural network is going to be replaced by a Yeah, like, but sometimes there are brain. hypes
0: that are just not true. Like the, the, <laughs> Ordering pizza in a chatbot is just not that convenient.
1: <laughs> oh, that's, there's a whole conversation we can have around dominoes and innovation. Yeah, and so I, I, think,
0: I think you're right that there's, there's changes and there's progress. And I do think that, for example, the AI that is behind Google search and where it will show you relevant text snippets Mm. On a certain page, I think that's really impressive. If you search, like, uh, when did when was Vermeer born, it will just show a brief snippet of that bio. Yeah, exactly the relevant thing. So you don't even have to visit the Wikipedia article. But so I, I, like, I really love that. I wouldn't even want to m-
1: type it in. I would like Google to know, like, before I've even thought of it. <laughs> that's what I was looking for. That's, yeah, that's kind of I think. And that's the horrible dystopia or the utopia. Like there was this team at UC Berkeley in 2011 uh, that did this thing where they would read your dreams in an MRI machine and then show you a YouTube video of your dream when you woke up <laughs> like a supercut. isn't it? Like yeah. <laughs> that's a fantasy. I'd love that. I'd be like, oh, I forgot yeah, my dreams. So Here it is. I can watch it. <laughs> it's it so Yeah. <laughs> what oh, would God. it be? Yeah. Well, hopefully it's, yeah, that's probably not something you want to share with your mother
0: no but i don't know it it it's it it's also funny this idea of convenience that things have to get more and more convenient so when the smartphone the iphone arrived it's like wow i can i i can just look up any web page and just with five clicks i'm just at a wikipedia article and now you're like god i have to tap <laughs> yeah,
1: can i just true. can
0: i just can i just go uh, but, uh- and then it should know
1: but, Do you know, I have to
0: spell out the words? The, oh my god! The reason so people old. are
1: super into this, though, like, or rather why people want to sell this idea is because they want us to not use the laptops that we have, right, or the phones. Like, they want to get rid of the screen, right? The screenless world. So, in an, in a world of augmented reality, right, where like maybe it's Google Glass or HoloLens or Magic Leap, and you're being, it's being projected onto your retina, or maybe a direct interface of the brain. There's no keyboard. To, there's no hardware, right? And mm-hmm. so what they need, what are they going to do? Like, Ambient have, computing? Well, have you used any of the VR stuff? Like, even the VR stuff, there's still hardware, but, like, it, your hands floating in space, trying to touch something tactile is, like, it's not a great feeling, it's just, right?
0: It, yeah. yeah. It's just yeah, so,
1: very inconvenient. So if you could just think of where you want to go, and then I was like, is this what you were thinking? And you're like, yes. I mean, I could imagine getting caught in, a, like, a mental loop. No, yes, no, yes. <laughs> <laughs> which would be hilarious <laughs> yeah you're like you're,
0: you're, you're trying to think of you're writing a text but of course everybody's procrastinating and distracted so okay i have to write something about the history of the use of color in painting but what about the sports results and, oh, i also want to go <laughs> right. on vacation and oh i should get some flowers for my wife and right uh, yeah you don't want
1: yeah yeah that was a very charming uh little uh i was trying to be polite of course i think of myself <laughs> I would, I would love if that was like actually my train of thought. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think that distraction is probably going to be a thing, and maybe there'll be like all kinds of like you'll have to train yourself to be more efficient in terms of your thinking. Maybe that's a healthy development. I'm not sure. But,
0: but uh, um, I'm just I'm always trying to step back into daily life. But uh, if we don't think about the far future and the super AI, what would be the next thing? like the next what you would love to see in the next 2 years that you would really mm-hmm. be happy with
1: what would i be really happy with well what would you be happy with
0: um i'm pretty happy the way it is actually
1: right i would be happy like i said earlier to have like an assistant like a artist assistant you know who could answer my emails but also like come up with great ideas that i could riff off of <laughs> but it, <laughs>
0: it, it, it maybe the deeper question is if you if you had unlimited funds mm mm-hmm and you could hire people to do that would you stop working would you because that's the question for me with all this convenience yeah how far does convenience go and what do you want to do with your time if the machines are doing everything for you
1: but it's the thing the thing for me is like i i can't wait for machines to be fallible subjective human you know almost not humans but like their own it's like i'd like not just to have a team of humans i'd love to have a wolf and a parrot and an ai it's like i'd love us all to be working together and maybe like also an inanimate object and a spiritual other (laughs) and i think that for me anyway that would be much more fun um so i'm just looking at like a sitcom character you know that that could also be a part of the ecosystem or the family that creates stuff so that i could have new ideas ideas i haven't had before and that i could share those ideas with people and I don't know. I think it's just like collaboration is what I'm interested in. Yeah. 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 That might be that. Would would that work for you? Would you collaborate with the AI?
0: I think my obsessions are really, uh, this is awkward to admit, but I have all these OCD obsessions of like having everything perfect on the computer. And then Mm. a little thing will piss me off greatly. It's like, why can't I hide the Dropbox menu icon from my menu bar? And it just, every day, it drives me insane. Like, I want that to be gone. I would like things to be, if anything, I would like to be able to customize everything more that mm. I could take take away things that are visually distracting.
1: Well, then that would work perfectly for you because you would just be like, hey, don't say that again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd yeah, be yeah. like, okay, uh, Sir Raphael, I won't say that ever again. In fact, how would you like me to behave? I mean, but- I must say,
0: yeah, I must say that voice computing makes sense in the sense that I'm, listening to a lot of podcasts now and I'm making a podcast. Mm-hmm. So I do like that sort of ambient conversation. Uh, that is an interesting thing that maybe podcasts are the voice computing and it's already here.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe we could just like pull back and talk about pop culture for a sec. So this is something that, um, you know, obviously Spike Jones explored in Her, but right now there's a show on HBO if you watched it, yet? called Westworld.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm watching it. We, what do you think? we watched the, the movie first and then we started... I mean, uh, I'm a little bit bored with uh, mainstream uh, entertainment that it always has to... Everything... The emotions have to be so over the top all the time. So, um, it's funny that there's this this constant need for entertainment and it's more entertaining when things get really crazy. Like, the election mm-hmm. right now, which I don't even want to start with, but all the emotions are always so exaggerated. And then what's interesting to me there's filmmakers like Ozu the Japanese director who started in the 40s I think until the 60s and all the emotions are really downplayed and I really like that but the reality of it is I don't watch his movies so often and I could and I could read more quiet novels that are more introspective Mm. but this sort of blasting entertainment that is on on 11 all the time yeah uh you just can't look away. I think Werner Herzog was talking about that, like all this this mainstream entertainment, is really distracting. And you, so I think, yeah, all this over dramatization. It's hard to look, look away. It's just it's so entertaining, but at the same time, it's very predictable.
1: I don't know if I expected you to say that because I thought you know, as someone who, makes work that's kind of like iconographic in a way, right? I thought you were you know you would lean towards. The polar kind of position Mm -hmm. like the you know like the archetype of something and so like well
0: sometimes i love a really good action movie if mm -hmm. it's really over the top but it just specifically if you ask me if westworld is like okay i get it the Mm -hmm. machines are turning bad it's another frankenstein (laughs) story right Uh, right, oh they're creepier they're beyond our control the humans are curious to see how far they can go and then it goes all wrong
1: I don't know uh, yeah, apparently it's based on a film from the nineteen seventies which yeah, we can, yeah, go ahead and get the spoiler yeah. on that I don't know well how the, to, the
0: the uh, film exactly. was uh felt like an intro it felt like they wanted to talk about a lot of things, but they didn't have the resources then, so it <laughs> the, yeah
1: like george lucas's t h x but then he got all the resources and did Star Wars or something like that yeah uh, um well, I'm interested in in it because I think that there's like a little bit of a feminist angle to it where the, it's like uh, the men are sort of t- t- if we give sort of people this artificially intelligent world that they can go and do whatever they want in, the things they choose to do are murder and rape people right and then the the little twist that I think is nice is that the women are like fuck that like you're not going to come in here and just rape me for a thousand years I'm going to fight you know we have we're, we're sort of strong enough to fight back even if you know we. it's gendered AI I just think it's kind of interesting yeah. that it's not the machine as like an as an evil but humans are the kind of evil. And so that's Yeah, that's di- interesting. That's different from the terminator thing. And it's sort of my position too. And again, thinking about my my wolf and my parrot and my AI collaboration, like that we would all and and maybe there's a rock or something as well, but we're all sort of we're respecting each other's points of view in a way where we're not saying one is better than the other because I just think the way we're trying to control AI right now is based on that cliche, which is like you know how could we make sure that the we don't create a monster like a nuclear bomb from this thing and it, it's yeah, and it and reminds it already me it happened of, yeah and it reminds yeah but it reminds me of that same narrative right where it's like you can't you if you try and control this thing you're gonna end up making it worse
0: well i i think i think this idea of trying to control it it's so far from making decisions on its own it's mm-hmm. like, oh my god the chess machine is out of control it started stabbing people it's like, I've heard both
1: see. sides of the argument. One, The funny side of the argument is um, there's this, like, graph. I can't remember the name of it. There's a graph for everything There's like a, or a cycle or someone's name attached to something. And it's, like, it's this, like, graph that heads. Uh, it's kind of like a hockey stick graph. Like, it goes up and to the right, but really quickly, like, logarithmically. And it's, like, we go from chimpanzee where it's, like, oh, isn't the AI so cute? <laughs> to, like, the AI has superseded all human intelligence for all of time. Yeah, it probably um,
0: wouldn't even be able to communicate with us.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. We probably wouldn't even recognize it. We'd still think it, it was, like, so it, cute.
0: This this book, uh, Solaris, by Stanislav Lem, the whole thing is that they go onto this... They travel to a planet called Solaris, and the whole planet is covered by an ocean, but the ocean is the being. It's almost like a muscle tissue around the whole planet. So mm. the whole planet is one being, and it can manipulate gravity, and it... Uh, rotates between two suns and it's doing all kinds of things and there's shapes in the in the ocean and the the humans are trying to communicate with the ocean but the ocean is the side that the planet is three times the size of earth so to that planet the humans are the size not even a bacteria mm. so it's like your germs in your stomach <laughs> right. are like sending you little like electric that. shocks in morse code trying to be like jammy jammy <laughs> <laughs> So,
1: <laughs> well, that reminds me, though, that a lot of the world is controlled by this bacteria that cats ca- uh, ca- carry, right? Like, uh, have you ever heard of that? No. Like, so there are these. That's why
0: they're all on the Internet? It's not a bacteria That's why or they control it's, the Internet.
1: It's a parasite. Yeah. No, that's actually a legitimate theory, Raphael. So there's this parasite that cats have and that can jump to humans. And it controls. It's actually like it's about rats and mice. And when it gets into a rat or mouse, it makes the rat or mouse less timid. Uh, so that it goes out in the open more often and then a cat can eat it because this parasite to multiply needs to be inside of a cat. But this parasite made the leap to humans so humans act like rats and mice that want to be eaten by cats. We're always mm. trying to expose ourselves to more c- cats <laughs> oh, yes. as if like we're prey to them.
0: I also heard that there's this bacteria in your stomach that feeds on sugar and whenever you stop eating sugar it it gives off a hormone that makes you sad and so instinctively you'll go back to sugar it's, and i oh, don't really? know if you ever tried to get rid of sugar completely it's pretty difficult
1: i've been very sad recently well there you go <laughs> just kidding yeah. all right well i think we, we're, we're kind of closing we're running out of uh, we're a little bit far off topic so we should we sort of shut things down as it or should be is as it should be. i mean maybe if we had ai we would be able to think of new ideas but you know, we're all alone. We could, we have I no one. I think we have, no have a, good, uh,
0: a good amount of ideas left before we need AI.
1: Well, um, one idea I have uh, is uh, for us to ask people to. What, we are going to come up with a call to action for the end of our podcast. We're at the end of our podcast, okay. and we need, yeah. we need to please we need, create world peace. That's what, that's what we. are <laughs> <laughs> please, please don't be afraid of AI and uh, share the message <laughs> of yeah. collaborative, peaceful relationships with uh, artificial intelligent beings.
0: Yeah. And find us a sponsor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing. We need a sponsor. Uh, maybe watson ibm watson if you're listening because all of these ai bots might be listening to us right now gathering podcast data and looking for sponsorship opportunities (laughs) if you are because of course it's going to be used for advertising eventually we didn't even talk about that we were very we were very positive today Raphael. we didn't end up talking about yeah because life is great yeah it's not all just uh advertising and selling stuff um, so, but if you want to help us out, help us continue to do this, share the podcast, review it, maybe sponsor us. We're interested in big and it's, small sponsors. It, it,
0: the sponsorship is not to help us do this because we'll do it regardless. But it's to make us rich. So, that's
1: right. We're going to just be totally transparent. We want. <laughs> there's no way we're going to be able to fund the uh, the AI research we need to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, okay, thank that's you. It thank for you. Episode three. Yeah. And thanks for listening. It was really fun. Thanks, Raphael. Yeah.
0: Till next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.